0: Hi there, this is Omar Crook, host of Living with a Genius. I want to personally thank you for your financial support. Your donation helps keep this show chugging right along, and I truly couldn't do it without you. As always, thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time. Here's Living with a Genius for September 28th, 2020. Confucius was born on this day in 551, in the state of Lu, a region which lies in modern Shandong province during the decline of the Zhu dynasty. Although the Zhu clan ruled in name, the court held little real power. In reality, the nation was split into separate dominions governed by powerful local lords. Confucius is widely considered to be one of the most important philosophers in human history. Although his ideas about ethics family, and government form the foundation of Chinese society. Most people outside of China know little of his life and work. Confucius considered the state of China's affairs chaotic and undesirable. The political turmoil and warfare of his time influenced his idea of a harmonious society in which the government treated its people with benevolence and respect. His father died when he was three, and he was subsequently raised by his mother and her relatives. His mother would later die at less than 40 years of age. Confucius was educated at schools for commoners, where he studied and learned the six arts, being rites, music, archery, charity, calligraphy, and mathematics. Confucius was born into a class between the aristocracy and the common people and is believed to have worked in various government jobs during his early 20s as a bookkeeper and a caretaker of sheep and horses. He used the proceeds to give his mother a proper funeral. During his life, he was an itinerant scholar who offered political advice to the governments of competing states, preaching his idea of an ideal society. Late in life, he moved back to his home state and served as a low-ranking statesman, and his ideas didn't become widespread until his disciples began to disseminate them broadly through their own writings. Confucius's ideas on morality, government, family, ritual propriety, and the characteristics of a gentleman of virtue were compiled and published by his followers after his death. Known as the Analects of Confucius, It's an ancient Chinese book divided into 20 sections and is composed of a large collection of sayings and ideas dealing with social and political philosophy, education, ethics, and morality. Contained in their pages are the timeless axioms for which Confucius is so well known. Quips like, The journey with a thousand miles begins with one step. The man who says he can and the man who says he cannot are both correct. And, of course, the golden rule, do not impose on others what you yourself do not desire. Although these sayings may all be well-worn chestnuts, they are nonetheless every bit as poignant and universally true as they were 1,500 years ago. However, Confucius is not without his detractors, both directly and indirectly. Academics regularly criticize his quips and axioms likened to modern-day soundbites, unlike his disciple Mencius, who is at least clearer, if less well-known, has writings that communicate in paragraphs rather than the staccato and ambiguous sentences that Confucius favored. More damaging, however, is the Chinese government's co-opting of Confucius by promoting highly curated portions of his philosophy, which is distributed in part through hundreds of newly built Confucius institutes across the world. They have been criticized for being part of a sinister global campaign by a cash-rich communist party to brainwash outsiders and win the Chinese government illicit influence abroad. But there is a less dramatic interpretation. The proliferation shows Beijing understands the theory of soft power projection without its overt implementation. I suppose... If you wanted to promote a deeper understanding and a more favorable attitude towards your country and its culture, why not choose Confucius to represent you? Anyway, with millions of American Christian fundamentalists constantly and unironically screaming their ardent beliefs in the teachings of Christ, while at the same time fervently aggrandizing and defending policies that keeps toddlers in cages, who am I to point fingers? thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time.